This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Hour two on your Monday, hopefully bringing you one hour closer to the end of your workday, first day back for the week. I'm Austin Norman. He's Eric Strickland. Thanks for tuning in to our show. We're here every weekday from 2 to 4. Where is here? That's 93.7 The Ticket. Uh, you can find us on your radio dial. You can find us at theticketfm.com or on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter via the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video feed. You want to get in touch with the show? We always appreciate your insight and feedback. 402-464-5685. That's the number for you to get in, whether it's on our Honda of Lincoln hotline, uh, where we just had Scott call in uh, to play the shootout with Strick. We do that every day at 245. Also, where we talk to guests like Cluster Johnson, who we had at 230, or Brian Munson of Husker Online, who we'll have at 330. Also, we would be remiss if we started the hour without a shout-out to Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Charles and his team cooking up great soul food for you at 27th and Pine Lake in Lincoln. Whenever you're in the area, stop by. Tell them that uh, Strick and Austin sent you. Tell them that you listened to On the Block every day. And as much as you love our show, you're going to love Mary Ellen's just as much. Facts. And there's nothing to add to that because that is absolute fact. And I can't wait because, you know, listen, state tournament starts this week. Mm. So it's going to be a lot of long days down there in Lincoln. Um, I'll be doing some commentary, working with some of our uh, 93.7 crew to do some of those games. I'll be with the women this week and with the men next week. So it's going to be a lot of Mary Ellen's for Stricky. Good. Excellent. So stop by. You might see Strick as well. Always a bonus. Uh, You'll be back in studio tomorrow. Barring incident, yeah. correct? Yeah, um, you know, flight leaves this evening, so you know, uh, mm. long as there's no 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 uh, storms or no crazy. <laughs> it was crazy last night. I don't even know if I would have got out last night the way the wind Ooh. was blowing out here. But uh, the weather's perfect today, seventy five degrees. After the show, going to sit outside, have me a nice nice stogie and uh, a glass of wine, and prepare for this flight this evening. That sounds like the life. Also living the <laughs> life are Miami student athletes, thanks to John Ruiz, who. Is yeah. a booster, isn't a booster, depending on uh, who you are. He says he's not a booster. The NCAA says he is or he acts like one. But Strick, he's gotten Miami in some hot water a couple times now. The first time that John Ruiz's name came up to the general public was with Nigel Pack, the men's basketball player uh, who played at Kansas State last season, uh, transferred down to Miami. But before we knew that he had officially transferred, we saw John Ruiz tweet something about how he signed Nigel Pack to an $800,000 NIL deal. We all raised our eyebrows, thought that was pretty fishy. Nothing much seemed to come of that. Well, fast forward to uh, this next offseason, and uh, two twins, Haley and Hannah Cavender, are transferring, looking for a place to play. And all of a sudden, on Twitter, John Ruiz posts a picture. Uh, you know, something to the effect of great to see the, the Cavender twins, uh, best of luck to them in choosing where to play their next, you know, remaining years of college basketball eligibility. Again, seems a little fishy for someone who's a booster, but not a booster to be tweeting that out. It seemed to 
at least fall in the gray area, if not cross the line a little bit. Um, but just last week, the NCAA did hand down um, some sanctions to Miami. We'll get to those in a minute. From Let's take this from all the perspectives here, Strick. Let's start with the student-athlete perspective. You're, you're the Cavender Twins. You're a player in the portal. How much of the onus of the responsibility is on you to know the rules, and how much are you leaving in the hands of the adults that you know you trust to guide you to where you want to go? Well, that's where I think it's important. I think it's important to have, um, you know, your compliance departments or whatever to really have sit downs, uh, pretty much yearly or twice a year to really go back over and, and understand any changes or anything that need to be addressed uh, with regards to NIL. Um, you know, I, I think some of these NIL companies like uh, Open Doors and stuff like that uh, can help in doing a, a tremendous job for this space in helping these students to understand what they're into and not just giving them what their their baseline numbers are or what their negotiated numbers could be and so forth like that, really educating them in, in this space. I think they need to have, um, you know, tax implications. I think they need to have, um, you know, uh, in, investment type of uh, of of symposiums and stuff like that in order to really address the full scope of what it means to drop those, that kind of money into those kids. Now, when I looked at at the situation, it looks like Ruiz is is very um, you know, close to the program. Uh, he has a company, Life Wallet, and he signed over more than 100 hurricane athletes to NIL deals. But I think it gets sketchy for me. Uh, go ahead. You had something? I said, yeah, 100 athletes for $10 million, and yet he's yeah. not considered a booster. That Even yeah. if he's not giving to the university, he's doing booster stuff. Well, and see, that's the thing, right? In actuality, that's the thing that kind of is a little, little trading on some some funny water for me is because um, I can understand how they got there, being that these these young ladies are still uh, tied to another program. They're looking to transfer, um, so forth and so on. I think that's where the NCAA needs to either figure out how to deal with those situations similar to like Jordan Addison, that type of situation. But if you want to do that, then you've got to have that same type of discussion, right? You, you, you got to look at a USC program, dig into that situation. If you're going to dig, dig into it. I think the NCAA is just playing, uh, you know, uh, being real funny about it. They're throwing it similar to how they did with baseball last year, uh, trying to uh, deal with, with individuals in the college world series. Oh, you can't do this. You can't slam the sledgehammer all these little funny little things that they kind of throw out there. I think it's stupid, but this is how the NIL works. If you're doing NIL, it's a discussion with the NIL people. There's negotiations between those entities. As long as it, my understanding, I could be wrong. Starter Hammond text line. You always there to help me out. 402-464-5685. If you know a little bit more about it than I do, but it's my understanding that, as long as it doesn't go through the coaching system. And I think that's what Ruiz is saying. This has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with life wallet. It has everything to do with, hold on one second. I had something pop in. Okay. It has everything to do with um, the, the, the coaching uh, staff. It looks like they have a three game, uh, the coach, the head coach there, I, I, my, 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 her name is, 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 is evading me right now, but that's okay. I'm just talking about the coach had a three game suspension. So if it's led through the coach, then maybe that's where the problem comes in. Like if they just happen to kind of make this connection in other other ways, it seems leading as if the coach kind of 
was positioning this meeting to happen, knowing that you've got a lot of connections in that space. And I think that's where the trouble hits. And so either the uh, NCAA is trying to eliminate that part of the deal, things being circulated through coaches, but we've seen coaches on video saying, hey, you want to be, and and actually it was in the football program. There's a video out that I happened to kind of catch where one of the, uh, um, either the recruiting coordinator or some form of, of coach for the Miami football team was talking about, don't you, you want to be in Miami? We got this money. We got this. They ain't supposed to be doing that. It's my understanding, but I didn't hear no infractions coming out from them. So I feel bad for the woman's team that they got, they kind of got hit with this situation, but you know, it is what it is. Let's go to the, the John Ruiz side of this story. He's of course claiming innocence and I'm sure from his perspective, he is. Uh, one of the quotes that he gave at one point said, the bigger picture, how can you make deals with players if you can't communicate with right. them? It violates right. constitutional protections in engaging in contracts. And here's the thing. Absolutely. You have to talk to the players to be able to get a deal done. But like you were saying, Strick, the issue wasn't talking to players. It was how did that meeting get set up? That's the issue here. So John Ruiz right. Is, is right in that he didn't break any rules himself in you know agreeing to the deals with the athletes. He's not having them you know, do something illegally to get this money or not do something illegally to get this money. That's never been the issue. The issue is always, how did this meeting set up? So in some ways, John Ruiz kind of feels like a, a devil-may-care attitude, a throwing my money around in the NCAA's face to spite him sort of thing. But really, I think he's right. He's not the one doing anything wrong here. Yeah, yeah. And and, and again, I'm sorry, the name uh, it, it evaded me at the time, but it was Katie Meyer, mm-hmm. who is uh, the head coach down there. And, and, and you're absolutely right. He he has he has no no issue with with what he's doing. I think that it becomes tricky, and I think this is where they're trying to address it. Is that coaches? You, you know where it's at, and this is what puts him kind of in the booster category. If he's not that, you as coach can't lead them. If they find each other, mm-hmm. they may not have an NI. Uh, L group like open doors or something down there in the Miami area to connect, make these types of connections who out there is in the NIL space. How can they get connected? What is the bridges that, that leads these athletes to them? If it's the coach that gets into the booster range and that's, and that's, that's not, that's, that's not what they're trying to do. The only- and I think they need to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. I think that's been a lot of the problem. A lot of these, these coaches, these programs, they're, you know, the coaches are facilitating a lot of this. They're kind of, being the bridge gap between them. And, and that's where the trouble I think comes in because are they a booster? Yes. They support the program. Um, it's, it's very similar to in-kind contributions when you're dealing with, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Congress and, and, and um, you know, running for office and stuff like that. So when you have those type of issues, it becomes tricky waters. And I think this is kind of where it fell into. Absolutely. The one area I would say John Ruiz didn't do himself any favors. It's not right. It's not wrong. Yeah, tweeting. That's yeah. just the thing. Yeah. Keep it under All wraps. Leave Un- it alone. Right. Yeah. Until they sign. You can be excited. Yeah. You can be enthusiastic, but maybe it's that enthusiasm. Maybe it is that excitement that's leading him to tweet. He just can't help himself. He's so excited. He loves Miami so much. Or maybe it's really, haha, NCA, come try and stop this. But to me, if I if I know the institution that I'm working with, Miami, which let's not pretend like Miami has a sparkling, clean, sterling reputation in the eyes of the NCAA, right or wrong. If you really enjoy that institution and wish the best for it, Strick, if I'm John Ruiz, I'm keeping this under wraps till their sign seal delivered, till they've you know yeah. committed, they've signed their 
uh, NLIs. They're they're in the program. They've started classes, whatever. And then you post the picture because whether you did anything right or not, drawing attention to the situation is going to draw the NCAA's eyeballs. And even if you didn't do anything wrong, you hear the words NCAA investigation, and that can spook other recruits. Yeah, it definitely can. It put a you know a, a, a microscope microscope on your program, and that's not what you want. You know, I, I can only speak for the cleanest program in the in in the nation, and that's the Nebraska uh, program. Um, I didn't have to deal with none of those issues, and I didn't have that problem. Um, I think what what is a disservice though, and there's something that we used to be able to do back in the day, is we actually used to be able to commune and and communicate with boosters. Um, I, I can say that I got the opportunity to spend time with boosters and their families. I got a chance to learn. I, I learned so much with those interactions with boosters uh, back in my day, even though I wasn't getting contributions or anything. It was just, I got to see a different aspect of, of life that I didn't have access to just because of that commune uh, with the boosters. I, I, I remember I got a chance to learn how to uh, drive a tractor uh, you know, um, how'd that go uh, for you? Harvesting, harvesting corn and 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 tilling the ground and doing all of that stuff. That had I not been able to interact with boosters at that time, that's something I wouldn't have been able to do. Get to get a chance to go out and and hang out in like Geneva, Nebraska, and look at farms and meet the people out there and do that type of stuff. You know, wasn't getting paid for it, but it was it was a great experience. And I hate that the, the young men aren't, aren't able to have those types of experiences as I did back in the day. How was driving a tractor? How'd that go? Man, it, it, it listen, um, I couldn't imagine what it was like for the old school tractor drivers where they got, you know, they had to ride in the open and the, the heat beating down on them. They probably had their hats on the, these these new tractors that they have. And then look, this is back in the day. I can only imagine what it's like now, Austin. Back in the day, riding in there, it's it's enclosed. It was air conditioned. You know, it has all these these little contraptions that kind of direct you, and it's basically like just sitting there, like in a in an airplane, in autopilot. It's really dope. <laughs> it was it was it was fun driving at night and having a good. That was a great experience for me, man. And and uh, yeah, I, I can even imagine it's even gotten better. Absolutely. So that was, you know, within the scope of the rules back in your day. The yep. NCAA um, said this meeting, this dinner between Ruiz and the Cavender twins was impermissible contact. Um, and the dinner that was prepared by a chef that Ruiz provided was classified as inducement. Uh, you know, essentially pay for play. That's gotten a little murkier. <laughs> it's gotten a little more gray. But that's what the NCAA is saying. And now on the head coach's side straight, Katie Meyer, like you mentioned, um, the citation she gets hit with is violating, quote, head coach responsibility, end quote, um, because Meyer and Ruiz were texting back and forth. It goes, um, the NCAA says, quote, the university head coach and enforcement staff agreed that the head coach asked an assistant coach to contact the prospects and let them know that the booster was a legitimate business person and the prospects agreed to meet with him, end quote. So again, I think this is a coach and a staff trying to do right by their players, trying to let them know, hey, if you're going to make a deal with this guy, he's good to go. You know, he checks out, he's clear, you're, you're good for your money if you sign with him. But again, that's against the rules. The coach can't be the yeah. one to do that. So Facilitated. I don't think the coach had any you know, malicious intent. I don't think Katie Meyer was actively, you know, subverting the rules. She was looking out for players she wanted on her team. 
It just happens yeah. to be against the rules the way she did it. Yeah, and that's the fine line. Um, I, again, as Cluster Johnson had alluded to on on the block in a segment of, of last hour, um, one, it, it's 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 shaky ground. I mean, there's a lot of programs that you can dig into now. Like we like we've talked about too, Austin. The two you've squeezed the tube out of the toothpaste. It's it's wild wild west season. How can you rein back that kind of activity in the wild wild west? It's it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a way to do it. Maybe this is a start to it. Maybe this is to kind of put people on notice. Maybe this is something to to let them know that this this part of it and anything kind of in a similar uh, realm is something to 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 stray away from and stay away from. Um, but how much they're going to come down? Is it only going to be certain types of programs? Uh, why is it the women's programs and not the men? I venture to say that if you dug into some texts and some situations, you'll probably find it in some perennial top blue blood football and basketball type programs all across the country. That you likely will. Here's one thing that I think we can agree on, Strick. The the players, the Cavenders themselves, weren't punished for this. Again, maybe they mm-hmm. should have known more. Maybe they should have asked more questions before doing this. But generally speaking, with the system set up the way it is, with nobody really knowing the rules, I think a lot of people can agree that it's fine for the NCAA not to to punish the players for you know not knowing the minutia of the rules. Oh, was that oh, that was addressed to me? Yeah, I, I think that's hard. I, I think that's hard. I think they need to figure out how to get information um, relayed to the students uh, while they're on campus to uh, to be able to help them out. And then that puts the onus. Look, we've given you the information. We've shared this with you. If you decide decide to stray outside the rules, then that 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 could be a, a problem for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could hinder your your eligibility or maybe lose time or years. Or whatever. I don't. Hopefully not years. I mean, whatever <laughs> right. the time is, some type of a suspension or whatever. Uh, I, I, I I hope that there is a, doesn't come to that, but it's very possible. So at the end of the day, here are the punishments handed down from the NCAA to Miami for what uh, they described as level two violations: one year of probation for the women's basketball program, a five thousand dollar fine plus one percent of the women's basketball budget. Uh, a 7% reduction in the number of official visits for women's basketball uh, during this current academic year, a reduction of nine recruiting person days in women's basketball during this calendar year, uh, three weeks prohibition against recruiting communications, uh, beginning with the open date of the transfer portal. Uh, So from March 13th to April 2nd, uh, no recruiting communication for the program. Um, and then a 10% suspension, three games for the the head coach, Katie Meyer, which she did serve at the beginning of the year. Strick, you look at That's those. Tough. Yeah, you look at those punishments. Do they fit the crime? Oh, man. Uh See that's where I that's that's outside the scope of my understanding and 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 I I don't know I, I, that seems pretty heavy. Let's let, let's just let me just take one instance of how heavy that could be. One percent of a woman's budget that's a lot, bro. Like I don't care what you say. One percent of a budget in 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 women's athletics that's a lot. And so so uh, you know just take that into account. Uh, $5,000, all of that time, you're losing crucial recruiting time, a time frame, especially when you're coming off whatever you're going to have as far as your, your conference tournaments 
and NCAA bids and stuff like that. That's when you want to be active with young men and women and uh, to not be able to do so, that's going to be tough for the program. As you look at those punishments, Miami sits right now at 18 and 11 overall. Um, Haley Cavender leading the way in scoring with 12.8 points per game. Hannah Cavender averaging only four. You, you got 18 wins right now heading into ACC tournament play, and you're getting essentially 17 points a game from these two girls. Is it worth yeah. it for Miami? Was, was all this hubbub oh. and fuss worth it? Uh, I would probably say not, and here's why. 18 and 11 in the ACC, you're always looking how you can move up. What 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 you're going to do as far as additions to be able to move up. Um, what you're losing. Uh, those are the things you're going to have to look at. And I'm sure they maybe felt it was a good fit for them to have these young women come into the program. You're all, you're getting two for one, basically, because you've got, you know, two sisters. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. Um, that's always a, a plus if you can get, you know, just think about the Murray twins and, and, and the, uh, McCaffrey twins. And anytime you can land two for one, bro, that, 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 that can be a win for your program. One Keegan Murray goes on, uh, to be a high draft pick and then his brother takes over. So you can find yourself possibly having situations like that. And then, and so it's tough. I, I feel bad for him, but you know, NCAA is trying to figure out a way to push the push the two uh, push the two pace back in the two. Where it might pay off for Miami, I don't know how anyone would ever be able to to measure this. Um, you know, with concrete actual numbers, is that the the Twins have a TikTok account with four point three million followers. So yes, I'm sure they are bringing more exposure to the team. They're getting you know the Miami name, the Miami brand out there. But even with that trick, Miami's a big enough school. It has a reputation. You know who Miami is. You know where Coral Gables is. You know what the weather's like. You know the draws of Miami. So even though you do have those 4.3 million followers, it can't be worth NCAA suspensions. It can't move the needle for a program as big as Miami, I wouldn't think. Yeah, no. No, but you just you just never know the effect that it can have on you. Again, you're always looking at you're, you're looking at who has what, who has uh, players leaving, what they have coming back, where they sit in the standings, where you're trying to elevate and move yourself up, you, it, whether it's a trickle format or whether it's a, a huge leap or jump. And if you felt that that was a piece that would be able to help you to get there, then it may be the risk for you. If not, then that's a that's a hard risk to take, you know, for what you were able to get out of it. So it's that that's 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 unaccessible until we kind of see what you know, what comes out of it. Right. A ways down the line. We won't know now. We won't know next year. More a long-term effect. One more thing really quickly, Strick, before we get to uh, Brian Munson. Back on the men's college basketball side, Indiana takes down Purdue for the second time this season. Uh, Jalen Hood-Shafino goes off, absolutely off. I saw this on Twitter, Strick, and uh, according to Shot Quality, a a Twitter account that just looks at the process of the shots, what kind of shots did you get, Purdue should have won that game by 17 points. Again, they yeah. lose by eight. They should have won by 17. But the Boilermakers are on a skid right now. It seems like their two freshman guards are hitting a wall, only two of eight from three yeah. combined. Are you worried for Purdue? Yeah, yeah, very much so. And again, you know, Purdue, Purdue was looking ready to make a run last year. And this is what scares me about Purdue. I, 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 I was hoping that I could feel confident about them going in to represent the Big Ten. 
unless they can kind of find their mojo again. I just don't know, man. I just don't know. And they, and they're scary to me to be able to run them. I ran them deep last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I think I might have had them winning it. And uh, but yeah, man, they're they're, they're falling. They're skidding uh, <laughs> quite far for me. And I'm not I'm not feeling comfortable about uh, putting Purdue up there. But it goes to show kind of what the Big Ten's been about uh, this year. Just a topsy turvy, a lot of roller coaster rides. People at Six Flags and and uh, uh, <laughs> riding on Disneyland rides and all that stuff because it's it's been fun and games and a lot of uh, craziness going on as far as it's been amusement parkish like mm-hmm. to me. Do you feel any better about Indiana now that they've, now that they've beat Purdue twice? I mean, you know, Indiana found themselves sneaking in last year. One of the things about Indiana that they're hard nosed. Mike Woodson gets those guys. They're hard nosed. They're going to get after you. They're scrappy. They're physical. Um, they're just they're just shooting wise is is just hit or miss. So it's going to be it's going to depend on matchups. Uh, it's going to depend on how well they shoot. Uh, but defensively, they'll find themselves giving people a run. It's just a matter of, you know, uh, whether it's going to be consistent or not. For sure. A good segment on NIL and college basketball. We're going to step aside for just a moment, call up Brian Munson of Husker Online. A lot of recruiting news to pick Brian's brain about. Nobody better to do it with. We'll talk to Brian Munson next segment on the block.